another special A to Z interview episode. We've got my friend Kevin Strange back here. Kevin, how you doing? Pretty good, man. We've been, we've done this a bunch of times at this point, haven't we? I think so. I think this is four or five episodes now. We're seasoned veterans at this. Uh, That's right. Interviewing me shit. Everybody's been clamoring, wanting to know what's up in Strangeville. A lot, apparently. Oh, yeah? All kinds of stuff. All right. Well, we're going to get all into that. We're going to talk about the new Indiegogo. We're going to talk a little bit about the convention that we just got back from. And, uh, yeah, so doing all right over there? Doing great. You, you've recovered from the trip? Oh, yeah, I was, I was working at 7 o'clock uh, Monday morning. I'm, Dang <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm pretty in tune. I've been on this tour. This, this uh, Well, the tour has been going on since March, but uh, we really kicked it into high gear in um, July. Okay. I did a bunch of shows in July, a bunch of shows in August, and uh, we just started the did the September one, and then in three back to back. Actually, we did uh, late August, early September. We did a show the last weekend of August and the first weekend of September. So back to back weekends, and then in three weeks we go uh, to Louisville, Kentucky. Two weeks after that to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, two weeks after that to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and two weeks after that to Chicago. So nice. It's uh, we're like right right dead in the middle of uh, of this uh, run this. Eight, eight show run near the end of the year and uh i'm just so in tune with it right now um i can uh, i can hit i could hit them every weekend i'm just calibrated like my my stamina is calibrated to road travel and uh set up and and deal stand on that concrete floor <laughs> for eight hours a day oh man uh, it is rough it is rough i uh, yeah you were humming right along you were yeah, not missing a beat it was no. very, very nice to look at. You, very... you on the other hand, uh, <laughs> slept like 12 hours a night. I think so, yeah. You got, you got your, uh, and I, I told you, you know, I warned you ahead of time, and we talked about it the whole time. We you were definitely there, did. But... I, I will give you full credit for that. I was warned ahead of time. Yeah, I told you you were going to get your fucking ass kicked. Yeah. Uh, especially, uh, a lot of it is the um, sensory overload. It really uh, is, yeah. But a lot of it is just, um, you, ha- you have to build the stamina to be able to stand on that concrete floor and talk to people. For eight hours a day. Yeah. Uh, talk to different people. Day. Different person every, you know, 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. Over basically. and over and yeah. over and over again. Uh, it's like fishing, but for people. <laughs> and, yeah, that's uh, a good analogy. You know, it, but the payoff is so huge. Like, part of the reason why I am I bounce back so quickly is because of the, I feed off the energy of the fans. Mm-hmm. And um, I posted a, a, like a photo dump on Monday morning on my oh, Instagram. Really? Okay. Yeah, there everybody check bu- that out. A bunch of pictures of us. And uh, one of the fans that we met, first time fan that we met, um, uh, commented, uh, "Best best uh, vendor at the show." Holy we're cow! Talking, really? We're talking a show with two hundred vendors and and a, and a million celebrities. You, yeah. you saw how big that place was. Like, oh yeah, in an enormous convention center, just packed huge rooms, the and then room. you go from out of that room into another equally huge room with just, yeah yeah, and then wall downstairs, wall you know, it's two levels with rooms full, packed full of people, mm-hmm. and for a fan to to seek us out on uh, social media to tell us that we were the uh, their favorite table at the show it just it means so much to me as a creator to be able to connect that way with my fans and it, it energizes me to come home and just want to work so that much harder for my fans that's part of the um the drive for it and, and i find myself uh if i'm off the road for too long and i was actually off the road for five years before this year i find that the creative process while while i'll never stop creating i mean i will be if I'm uh, if I have no legs and one arm and one eye, when I when I'm 70 years old, I'll still be scribbling with that one arm, creating things because that's just in my DNA. It's who I am. I'm a storyteller, but it doesn't bring me the kind of joy and excitement um, if I'm just doing it and sort of putting it out. Like I don't like being an internet salesman. I really don't. I don't like creating something and then putting it on social media and waiting for people to buy it mail order so that I can then put it in a package and, and mail it to them. That's fine. Yeah. I understand we live in the internet age and that's commonplace, but I love shows. I love to meet them, interact with them, um, physically meet them, uh, see their eyes light up when they, when they realize that this is the, when they realize that the Strangeville table is their home, when they realize that our sense of humor and our shock shock nature and all that stuff is what they are into and what's so um uncommon in uh mainstream culture yeah and even you've really got that niche you know even you said when you you find those people you're like oh god yeah you were here yeah 
even on social media, it's hard to promote that stuff because social media is so sort of puritanical these days because they're so terrified that they'll lose advertisers if there's anything controversial uh, that goes across anyone's newsfeed. So it's we really live in the, you know the internet has become really a sterile place. Even the internet, which used to be the wild west, where you could th- where where um, off the off the wall content could thrive, mm-hmm. the internet has really throttled that down because everyone sort of just goes through social media um, uh, portals, you know, into the internet. The, the portal to the internet for almost all people is just social media. Yeah, and and then social media is completely sanitized and sterilized, so you can't even promote the kind of stuff that we make f- uh, fully and properly that way. But we can do it in public. <laughs> we can do it at a show where people mm-hmm. walk by and we just say, hey, you like fucked up shit? We got all kinds of <laughs> fucked up shit. There's a chick that gets her tits ch- uh, sawed off with a chainsaw in the first scene of this movie. That's the kind of stuff that um, if they're into it, they're really into it. Mm-hmm. If they're not into it, you're going to know in a second. Yep. You're going to know in an instant. And you got you, you get, got the, a, get the polite giggle as they smile and then like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got a face full of that all weekend. Let's talk about it. really that. did. Let's talk about your experience. So yeah, like you said, definitely, definitely very overwhelming. Uh, so many people, so so much noise. Like there's no, like I said, there were dividers up, some curtains, kind of damping a little bit between the the different rows of vendors, which is not always there, as you said. But yeah, it's it's a lot of echoey noise and just constant. There's no no constant break in movement. It. It's like a sea of human beings mm-hmm. and moving I, every direction. Yeah, that's I, one thing I was like, oh okay, they'll be coming down this way, and I'll I'll stop them as they walk by me. And then all of a sudden, there's like 18 people moving in the other direction from behind me, and I didn't even see them coming at me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's really hard to acclimate to that, and it really is. I think the the noise um, is something that people don't really un, like underestimate. People don't realize what they're going to uh experience in a room with that has i mean how many people do you think were in that room at the peak on saturday at the peak at one time oh god probably probably close to four or five thousand i would imagine so you got a is room, that far off you think or is that no that's pretty accurate to me i would say at one at one time at the that 12 to 2 12 p.m to 2 p.m mm-hmm. saturday mass of people in the room at one time, moving in and out was probably yeah. maxed out around five thousand people. I don't. Did you notice there were several times whenever I would be like, "I'm going to go to the bathroom or I'm going to refill the water bottles or whatever," and I go to walk one direction and just hit a wall. Yeah, you just stopped. <laughs> and I just had to turn and walk down the other way down the aisle because there was just no moving through that wall of human beings, <laughs> and that's something. So it's the the noise of all those people mm-hmm. is overwhelming, but then just that that um, close proximity to that many human bodies is uh is is really difficult for um to to get used to to get acclimated to but for me i love it i thrive in it um i can't wait to do it again i've got to i'm doing it in two and a half weeks you're already ready to go you want to go right now yeah i'm ready to go i just had to do a massive uh, reorder because we sold out of a ton of stuff yeah we the did table. um it's a good weekend for you man I was, yeah. I was really proud to be able to help out with that. That was, by the way, it, you know, we jumped right into the weeds here, but mm-hmm. that was Horror Hound Weekend since Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, that was Andrew's very first uh, convention. How did that come about? Why, why did you even why did you even end up there? How did you even end up at Horror Hound Weekend Cincinnati, Andrew? <laughs> so it was, what, probably about three weeks ago, I think, when you reached out to me. You've been talking before. Like, I, I need to get you out to a show. I, I think you would dig it. I think you, you need to experience it, you know. Just because the the times you've been on here talking about it, you know, it's like, oh, that and that sounds really cool. The horror community sounds really neat, you know. I'd like to be among that many different fans, you know. You, like you said, you're you're among your people basically. And, and uh, you said about three weeks ago that you had an opening, and you're like, I'm gonna be needing somebody, and I think you would be good for it, and like you're gonna be able to get off work. So it was in enough time. I was able to submit the request and. Got the day off, and I was like, okay, well, it looks like I can make it if you still have room, and you said you did, so you know, we planned it out, and you're trying to, just starting to coach me up from there, you, uh, we did a couple, uh, I went over to your house one night, and we, we talked about some stuff, and play-tested the card game a little bit, and so I, I started getting a little more familiar with it, I started to go back through, and I read some more of the, the, the back of the box art for the movie, trying to remind myself of what goes on there. Uh, look through the the books. I have a couple of the books from you, and did some of that research. But yeah, it was it was definitely something. It I think that else. I think that surprised you a little bit too. Was just how many book fans I have out yeah. there on the road. 
Yeah, it was insane. The the, the movies sell great, but those books mm-hmm. sell great too. It's like yeah. equally like we have just as many. And, it, and I kind of told you that if it's a male dominant group, they'll sort of gravitate towards the movies. Mm-hmm. And if it's a female dominant group, they'll sort of gravitate towards the books. Yeah. And we just sort of have something for everybody. And and I, I think you saw that play out, didn't you? I Absolutely. Mean, that's pretty yeah, much how it how it plays out, right? Just about right down that line, yeah. And uh, and some you know you never know we had plenty of guys buy books and plenty of girls that yeah bought oh yeah movies, it but, definitely goes the other way too uh, but, but the majority the, yeah the majority of it you can kind of te- you know when they come over and they're interested you can kind of see which way uh, they're going and uh, and I'm delighted by that you know this is the first tour where I've had everything out I yeah t- I with toured, the comics and everything yeah, too yeah I toured with just movies and then I toured with just books and then I decided this year that I was going to bring the entire. Oh, you've never done both with once until this done, year? I've oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Together. Okay. I thought you were always doing movies when you're doing books. So what? So when the books came out, my, I had this whole, like, really strong attitude about pushing myself as, uh, like, paying my dues as a fiction author. Okay. And I did not want to rely on the crutch of being Kevin Strange, the, the movie guy. The movie guy. Um, and I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to, my fear was I have seven movies on the table, seven DVDs on the table, all the merch associated with the movies, and then here I have my first novel. Hmm. My fear was that the novel would be completely overlooked and people would just continue to buy the movies, which I didn't have any plans to continue to make. Right. So I felt like it was a dead end. Yeah, just um, spinning your wheels, going backwards kind of thing. Yeah, yeah and, and I, those fans would eventually dwindle because there wasn't new product from that category being produced whereas the books that i was planning on producing a bunch of would would be sort of t- have to take kind of a back seat to them so right from the beginning i had this attitude that i'm no longer kevin strange the filmmaker the movies are gone everything associated with the movies are gone and i completely rebranded as, wow. uh, so hack movies went in were you even selling them online or anything nothing then? really oh wow. so okay. hack movies got put in into the basement and the door locked behind it and then strange house books was born completely rebranded i had a new mascot had a new logo i had a new an entirely new branding and i built myself up for about five or six seven years as a fiction author and i did pay my dues and you can see uh the fruit the the fruitfulness of that because when i brought the movies back out um it does not take away from the books in the least no if anything it complements them perfectly we just sort of separate the two and uh, let people sort of gravitate and then the the the, uh, comic books are like a bridge between Mm-hmm. where it's the movie characters and the movie storylines but it's reading so you're also so and, and we actually we actually set the table up like that yeah it was really the cool book, the books are on the left the movies are on the right and the comics are in the, and the card game are in the middle so it's like the middle bridge that bridges the two um, the two uh, products from each other and um, just from a from like a like a like a big picture mm-hmm this tour has been really fucking cool for me because it's really shown me the um, the merit and strength of a, a cumulative effort of my career because there's just so much on the table. There's eight DVDs. There's about twelve to fifteen books. There's three. There's about to be three graphic novels. Mm-hmm. The card game, um, hats, T-shirts, the all associated. Um, swag that comes with all of it and it just there's just it's it over over every time we set up the table it overwhelms me yeah i step back and i take a look at it and people you know and people, it almost people, does some of those fans sometimes too yeah, yeah the, the fans take it they they're taken aback when they realize mm-hmm. we, we aren't selling a bunch of people's stuff yeah this is one guy <laughs> that has done all this and i kind yeah. of it used to embarrass me because mm-hmm. it makes it seem like i'm a loser and all i do is like make <laughs> weird shit yeah but that's like I realize that's something special. Like yeah. Most people can't do that. I, I am weird, but it's it's like if, it's like calling Bobby Fischer the best chess player in the world, who did nothing but play chess and obsessed over it, and his entire life and his entire and his, his, his entire identity and his entire personality was associated with the game of chess. Mm-hmm. Do we call him a loser or do we call him a crazy genius yeah. that transcended prodigy. the yeah. Yeah, prodigy that transcended the entire sport of chess i'm not calling myself a prodigy or a genius but i do take pride now in just my the prolific nature of my uh, output good you know we yeah. don't call stephen king a loser because he writes two gigantic 
novels yeah. a year. Right. And he's in his, what, is in his 70s now? And yeah. he's been doing it since his 20s. We don't think like, oh, I bet Stephen King's in his den writing a book. Like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We think it's cool that he does that, and we like that he that he produces so much stuff. Because if you're a fan, you just always yeah. get cool you know stuff. you can set your watch to it. Yeah, you're going to be checking out new stuff every year. So it took me a while to embrace that, but I sort of embrace that about myself now. That that's that's what I do. You know, Strangeville is my entire identity and personality, and everything is is that of the the storyteller who tells the stories of Strangeville. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of make a joke now when when we tell people that I just say, yeah, I don't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much all I do. You're the opposite kind of, of Andrew. <laughs> yeah, Andrew gets a lot of sleep. I don't get too much. I get all of yours. Yeah, I, you I take steal all it from sleep, you. Right, but just from like an overview of, of like thinking about that on this tour. Um, the very first con I ever did um, was a show called Twisted Nightmare Weekend. Okay. It happened somewhere in Ohio. It was like an eight-hour drive Ooh. from home. And I packed two van loads of people. I had ten people at my table. No shit. One table. <laughs> One wow. little table. Like, now at the, on this on this tour, we have a, a second six-foot table mm-hmm. that we set up and create like an L. I didn't even have that. I just wow. had one six-foot table with oh, that's ten, hard to imagine, ten people crowded around it and one movie. I had my first feature film, Dream Reaper. So if you can imagine, okay. I put a box of 80 Dream Reapers <laughs> in a car <laughs> and drove eight hours. With 10 two, people. Two van loads of people, 10 people. And we set up 80 Dream Reaper DVDs on the table, and that's all there was. <laughs> That's all there was on the table. It was just a million copies of one movie. Uh-huh. And we sold seven. Oh. The entire, the entire weekend. weekend? The entire weekend. And it was a de- the show was terrible. Oh, there was man. maybe 65, 75 people through the door the entire weekend. Okay. It was well, a pretty good return rate then. <laughs> it was the vendors. A tenth of the, the people. The vendors came oh. over and felt sorry oh. for us because there were so many of us. And we were dancing and doing the whole strange. Oh, hey, gang. But there was no gang. <laughs> There was no gang to hate. And we had one little stupid movie. And so this tour, I've really been able to, to step back and think. Like, if, like Dream Reaper oh, is just How one, far we've come, yeah. Dream Reaper is just one little drop in the in the world, you know, in the Strangeville universe. Yeah. And you look at that table and, you know, I just, I think back, like, and that was 15 years ago. You know, I've been yeah. on the road doing this for 15 years and this, and this cumulative effort of just continuing to chip away at it and chip away at it and chip away at it and, and my my booth has grown and grown and grown to this mammoth size and we're about ready to drop you know the new halloween uh graphic novel that's going to be you know a third graphic novel on yeah. the table now so Dude, i can't wait it's so good it's, it's getting even uh yeah you've actually you've actually already um read it mm-hmm. so um you helped me do some uh last minute editing um on the dialogue um so i didn't misspell sh- shit like an idiot like i always do <laughs> But, um, uh, you know, that's just going to keep going. We're going to have more card game expansions, more graphic novels. I even want to do, because they're so easy to do and you can see what kind of pop they get from the, from the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do some more of those. No, the, uh, the, the little monster erotica, um, Oh, the uh, chapbooks. Chapbooks. Yeah. I mean, those things are between like eight and 12,000 words and Mm -hmm. I can crank that out in three days. Really? Okay. Oh, easily, easily. I can crank that out in three days, maybe two days. Wow. So I have an idea for, I have an idea for another couple right away that I could do and just sort of set set aside a little bit of time and knock out a couple more of those chat books. That'd be great. Yeah. uh, Just kind of do like the whole bottom two rows of that rack. Just nothing but those. Nothing but the little chat books. Yeah. Because the, the, again, the chicks dig it. Mm -hmm. And they draw the eye too. Like the covers on those are really cool. Right. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's what we'd be doing. Brother. I like I like Katie's uh, notifications. She's like, oh, yeah, do you like smut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then most of them are like, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, that, that surprised me. I didn't I didn't expect to see or meet that many people who enjoyed smut to that degree that they would admit it yeah, in front well, of three strangers. We're here in a, I mean, we're here in a, in a crazy horror uh, community. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're there to see Freddy fucking Krueger. And that's, you got to have a pretty twisted fucking uh, sense of humor to be into Nightmare on Elm Street in the first place. You that's a very that's, good idea, yeah. So that's... Um, and that's why I'm so comfortable there. Like, like we could do, we could try to do comic show, comic con mm-hmm. shows, and we could do uh, gaming shows with the card game and stuff like that. But honestly, there's so many horror conventions these days, and we do so well at them now with the with the table the way it's set yeah. up. That I mean, I can just I I'm, I need to stick in the pocket where I'm where I'm yeah. I'm great. Like you said, you found your niche, and you said it several times there. And I did walk around on the last day. We really, you really are kind of the only like really fucked up shit there you know like you get a little bit of a trauma i guess maybe kind of steals a little bit of your thunder but i don't know man like 
I think you had some wilder stuff. I used to think I used to get embarrassed when we would do a show with trauma because I thought people would just think we were a little trauma wannabe table. Yeah. But I think I've diversified myself so much with the novels and the comics and the mm-hmm. card game and everything. Yeah, at this point. That yes, I have some trauma esque movies, mm-hmm. but that's just one example of the of the universe. Right. You know, it's just one thing. Trauma does not have a fuckload of comic books because the thing about trauma is they like to outsource their stuff. So there were Marvel comics of the Toxic Avenger. Oh, really? Back in the 90s. Okay. But they don't sell them at the table, at the trauma table. Yeah, they don't have independent comic books that are being currently created, you know, for specifically for trauma. For, for, the, for those characters. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, they've, trauma has all, has had everything. They probably even have a fucking collectible card game, but they would have outsourced it in the eighties or nineties. And it's not something that they currently sell. So there was a time and I get along really well with the trauma people. Yeah. Tra- yeah. The, Ron, the guy that runs the table is a good friend of mine. So I'll say every time you walked by, he was always head nods and oh, Hey, yeah. how'd you do today? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hung out behind the table for a little while. I went, went over there and, schmoozed schmoozed up with ron a little bit okay. and uh loved on him because i haven't seen him in a couple of years uh so but one thing that really surprises me is we were what six booths down from trauma yeah i mean they were right at the end of the aisle that yeah. we were you know, yeah they, they were, were they were going to t-crossing the, yeah. the the section we were in yeah uh, yeah like uh our across the street neighbors down the down the end of the um aisle there, there was so little like oh this is like trauma that's right there there's so little of that, yeah. like, oh, yeah. and that's sort of what I used to expect when we did a show that Trauma was at. Was like, oh, this is the stuff like Trauma right there. It's like, I don't know if people ignore Trauma these days, or there is more of a difference between what we do and what Trauma does than I sort of give us credit for. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird to me though that more people don't make the association. Oh yeah, but I don't. And like that novels, there there were other novels there, but they were like yeah. supernatural, like ghost yep. stories. You know, stuff like that. It wasn't like anything like what you've got. Uh, in the wide variety of what you got, too. From yeah. more serious stuff to just wacky off-the-wall stuff. like yep. And the monster erotica stuff. And the monster erotica and the smut, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know, man. It's a great universe. I'm, I'm so... Like I said, I'm in the pocket right now. I'm in the mm-hmm. zone. We've been doing so many shows. I just... I could not be happier with uh, the state of the state of Strangeville. Yeah. The state of the Strangeville universe is just... I mean, it's just it's so cool right now. Yeah. And I've got a bunch of bunch more stuff like that, that Halloween comic coming up. And I've got um, right now I'm currently um, working on the script for a new little black and white mini comic that I'll be uh, giving away and uh, colorizing the Sarsaparilla, uh, Rocco and Sarsaparilla's Sickness Time story, a little black and whitey. Oh, yeah. I'm colorizing that and turning it into a, um, a full on floppy that you can buy at the table because Sarsaparilla turns out to just be a really... Um, she turns out to be a really popular character. Mm-hmm. People really like her, so I need to continue to uh, build that character and that side of the Strangeville universe. And uh, I'm working on a coloring book. People really people react to the uh, black and white comics a lot by saying that they want to color them. So I'm actually going to create a Strangeville coloring book just specifically so people can color the black and white. Oh, nice. Just pages. some kind of special paper for it. Or... Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's it's just the the. the um, the, the Amazon, um, regular Amazon paper is a paper you can color on, so I just have to order them, like I would a novel. Oh, okay. Just sort of build the um, format, format it on Amazon. Do it that way. So um, lots of stuff in the works. That's that's um, just a little bit of what I, like I said, I'm working on, I've got concepts for two new Monster Erotica uh, chat books that are, I'm going to take the time to just sit down and pound them out pretty soon and. Never ending, brother. Nice. Never ending. Even more things for me to try to sell to people. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if you bring it up, uh, we asked you in the car, and you've had a few days to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm putting you on the spot. I'm mean, no, actually no recording right now, but um, having ex- having been able to now decompress and spend 48 hours away mm-hmm. from the experience, reflect is, on it. Yeah. Is that something that you are interested in returning and doing in the future? I definitely think so. Yeah. Uh, I've only got a few more PTO days this year, so it might be a little tricky trying to juggle something, but I'm definitely going to save some next year to be coming out on the circuit with you if you still have me. Oh, yeah. No, we had it. Uh, and I don't say this to everybody, and I don't make the offer to everybody, but, um, you know, Katie and I talk privately 
uh, during actually during the event and then uh, afterwards oh. now that we've had some time off the road mm-hmm. and um, and we were both very impressed with your ability to to just I mean you were completely overwhelmed oh god Over- Friday night was terrifying <laughs> dude Over- overwhelmed and exhausted but mm-hmm. I asked you I told you you can't hide behind the table yeah um, you've got to go out there and, and and at least you know you you were the lure yep. drawing people in and then me and Katie were closing and, and uh, finishing the sales and um you know, I told you, you got to do that. Like the reason I bring people out on the road and pay for everything is because that's, that's your job. That's yep. literally what you're out there being paid to do. Yep. And eventually and, my fear of disappointing you outweighed my fear of talking <laughs> to people. So I got but out you, there. But you, you had a, you had an all-star <laughs> moment though on Saturday. I really did. Uh, I was wanting to bring that up. Yeah. So uh, that was another thing you asked on the, on the drive back was you know, your favorite moment of the con. And I definitely wanted to share that with everybody here, the A to Z audience. So uh, I had done my little pitch for, uh, Colonel Kill Motherfuckers, which I am one of the stars of, and uh, we've talked about that here before. And that was really, uh, you, you had set a goal for me to try to sell out of all the DVD copies that you had currently at the time there. Yeah, what I like to do is, but not only for you guys, but for myself, since we do these all the time, mm-hmm. and it will just turn into the samey, samey, same, and you can easily become really jaded to the... Uh, to the experience because you just do it so often. And, you know, I've had, I actually, there was a girl that I was supposed to meet up with at the uh, convention. And afterwards I, I texted her and said, Hey, I didn't see you there. She said, I didn't go. I go every year. It's always the same. And like, she's jaded to it now. Like she doesn't cause, cause it really, it like every single convention is like, it doesn't matter what city you're in. It doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't matter what state <laughs> it is. It's exactly the same situation same over crowd, and same, over and yeah. over again. It's not the same people, but it's the same type same of type people. Of, yeah. It's not the same crowd, but it's the same type of crowd. And it's easy for that to become um, It's easy to become numb to that or to lose your enthusiasm for that. So one of the things that I like to do is come up with spontaneous sales goals. Um, and I come up with them right just oh, yeah. on the, you know, I don't have them written down or I don't have them, you know, I don't think about them beforehand. And there was a moment on Saturday where you had about the same number of Colonel Kills left and you mm-hmm. were, you were on fire selling Colonel Kills. You were just boom, boom, boom. Every maybe third, fourth person that walked by was walking away with a Colonel Kill DVD in their hand. And Katie was having a lot of success selling the Cockhammer Lives graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And there was a point on Saturday where there was about as many uh, graphic mm-hmm. novels left mm-hmm. as there were, um, uh, Colonel kills. So again, to keep myself energized and enthusiastic and also keeping you guys energized and enthusiastic, I just said, okay, um, uh, here's a, here's a bonus, uh, challenge. The first person to sell out of either Andrew selling uh, Colonel kill or Katie selling Cockhammer lives, the graphic novel gets a bonus go. Yep. And then that's, so you were, you had already been on fire doing yeah. that. She was uh, already on fire. She so really was. I was very nervous. I mean, that, that was a, that was going to be a tough sell to try to do. And, uh, we, I was, I was racking along and got down to the final one. Then she had two left and then she sold one. So I'm down to one to one. Not see. making this up at all. Yeah, like no, it, no. Like this it ended is, up you, being one to one. You couldn't write it better in a Hollywood script or anything. Right. But, uh, yeah, it came down one on one. We're both just slinging, just slinging, just slinging. I gave a really good pitch. Man, I thought this guy was going to buy it. I was so convinced. I was getting ready to get my sign and pen out and like grab you guys and be like, here, come autograph this. And then he was just like, man, it, it sounds really cool. Let me go tell my friend. I'll be back. And Fish I was jumped like, off the oh, hook. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fish jumped off the hook at the last second. As you famously said, like, uh, you're going to hear it a lot. I'm over your back, and they, they rarely do. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, about, oh, man. About, about 80% of the time, the people who say they're going to come back don't ever come back. Yeah. So I was I was a little dejected, and at that point I'd been standing out there for probably a little over an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and my feet were getting tired. I needed another little break. I needed a little mini break. You were on fucking fire, man. Yeah. So I came back, sat in the chair for a little bit, and uh, was just a little dejected. Katie's doing her thing. Like, oh man, she's gonna get one here any second. I got to get back out there. So uh, I was thinking in my head, like, I'm gonna sit another like three minutes. I even looked at my watch. I was like, I'll do. I'll give her three more minutes, and then I'll get back out there because I, I really want to try to win this contest. No sooner had I glanced at my watch, that guy that had just walked away, what ten minutes earlier. He comes up, and Katie's doing the pitch for the graphic novel. He says, no, hang on. He comes around the table to find me, like, sitting behind the rack of books, and he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, come out here. Come tell my friend what you told me. I was like, oh, okay. So I run out there, and I'm like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? I was like, 
you a uh, big fan or anything? And he's like, yeah, this guy was telling me about this movie you got with some, some role-playing nerds that kill somebody and <laughs> it gets really crazy with zombies and stuff. So then I like, launched into my full pitch. I was like, oh, yeah, like I play the Dungeon Master and you can see me here on the cover. And then going through the store, I'm like, oh, and then we kill this army veteran and he can turn into a zombie because his mother does this weird voodoo ritual and I flip it over on the back, show him the zombie colonel kill and then show him the death scene where I'm getting my throat ripped open or neck snapped and bleeding out of my throat and stuff. And he's like, dude, this is really cool. He's like, I'm a DM in my game. And this guy's one of my uh, Dungeons and Dragons players. And he's like, we got to do this. We're going to, we're going to buy this and we're going to watch it after our session next weekend. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, I, I got to win that little mini contest. And- Not only did you win the contest, but I, you know, and I, I had told you and it's, you know, it's something you just have to work through. You're going to have that, approach anxiety mm-hmm. of thinking that like people are going to think I'm foolish or people aren't going to like what I'm selling or whatever. And I, you know, I have to tell, yeah. I have to, I pump everybody up and tell them like, people want this. Yeah. This is why they're here, but they don't know it exists. If we just sit behind the table quietly, they will walk past us and never even know we're here. We yeah. have to approach and them. And that happened again and again too. To, yeah. And we have to pitch to them. And I told you at one point, I said, they will be glad you did and they will thank you for your pitch. And they will buy the, the movie and be relieved that they found something they knew they liked because they didn't even know it existed until yeah. they were there. And that was just like right in your face. That guy came and grabbed you and said, tell him what you told me. Um and it, like demanding that you give the guy the pitch, yeah. Like, and that's what I'm. That's that's why I always tell everybody get over that approach anxiety as fast as you can yeah. because these people want to be sold cool shit, yeah. And we have cool shit. We're not fooling them. We're not yeah. being. This isn't subpar. We're not peddling something off on them. It's not disingenuine. It's not. We're not ripping them off. We're not trying to get them to buy something that we know they won't like. Yeah. We're trying to make them a strange head. We're trying to convert these people into lifelong fans that will follow us to the gates of hell. And the only way to do that is to approach, approach, approach and pitch, pitch, pitch our stuff to them. Otherwise they will walk right past it. Yeah. And you, you and me saw that at the very beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the first, what, hour 45 minutes of the show yeah we didn't make a sale till almost six o'clock that first no one would even glance our way yeah and it was really pissing me off because there are shows where the that the disaster like that will i've had shows this year back in march i was at a show where no one would come to my table no matter what i did they would not walk by and the spacing between the aisles was so big that they could completely avoid my table and never even browse up next to it Wow. Um, one of the good things about this show was there were wide aisles but they weren't so wide that you couldn't go stand in front of the table and be right in people's oh yeah, yeah. space there, there were definitely times where I felt like I was in people's way, but it's yeah. like, oh, that's that's my job here. So. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what your job is, is to be right in their way and make sure they know who you are and yeah. know what you've got. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, and once once you've been out there and, and, and once you've been out there and been in the trenches and experienced mm-hmm. that, like even even just like coming home, like the camaraderie between me, you and Katie now is going to be so much stronger because we just went through something like really um, intense together. And that's, that's why I invite my friends on the road is because I, my way of showing my love and friendship and gratitude to my friends is to take them out in the trenches with me and let them experience the intensity of what, what I consider to be the true Strangeville experience. Yeah. The Strangeville experience isn't complete until you get to um you get to give the energy like to the fans and then let the fans give it back and you and you you even got to see that a few times where the fans would come back to the table and want to want to hang out with us like we were old friends and they've only just met us a few hours before and suddenly they're stopping by the table one, two, three, four more times mm-hmm. over the weekend because they feel a connection to us that they, and I always say this, it's like there were 200 other vendors there yeah, and they wanted to come talk to us and show off the stuff they bought to us yeah. because they felt a connection with us. And I, and that to me is the true Strangeville experience. There was even a moment you got to experience another crazy moment. There's always crazy moments like this. There always have been all the way back to the beginning. Jeremy has a bunch of crazy ones. But you got to experience something with me about, I don't know, three or four hours into Friday. I say, okay, Andrew, let's go find the um, 
let's go find the uh, food the food vendors and let's let's get some lunch let's get some lunch and yeah. some late lunch or dinner whatever in, in us and so we go and there was a second level where all the big celebrities were but there was also food vendors mm-hmm. a room that had nothing but food vendors and we walked around and we looked and we saw what the different um, food was and it was all way fucking overpriced yeah except for uh they had really big slices of pizza at the yeah end. four dollars so, a slice yeah. but big new york big thick huge, crust yeah. yeah so we we went and bought a bunch of slices of pizza from the from the pizza lady and we went back upstairs and what was it less than an hour later oh yeah i'd say 45 minutes probably the the fucking pizza lady runs up and buys like 50 dollars worth of books from us she's like i didn't know you guys were going to be here but you came downstairs and bought pizza from me i'm so excited i love your books and all this stuff and you got to see the pizza lady we just bought pizza from <laughs> mm-hmm. run up and fucking spend a shitload of money on on yeah, uh, like absolutely ecstatic that she yeah. got to come buy more novels yeah so we signed everything for her we sent her on our way we thanked her and then at the end of the night right as we're closing down the table mm-hmm. the pizza lady's back with two full extra large pizzas yeah she was like well entire pies throw, in yeah. a box yeah. she, she was like i was gonna throw this away but then i thought i could come upstairs and give it to you guys and we were like hell yeah we'll take the pizza yeah. so we walk out the room the room with two giant pizzas and motherfuckers were harassing us oh yeah the whole way out. where'd you get that yeah. hey where'd you get that pizza i was like go, <laughs> go find it yourself motherfuckers but that was a, a moment where it was like, there's 200 other vendors at this show. And the pizza lady decided she was going to give her leftovers to us. Yeah. Just us. Yeah. She didn't walk down the row no. and give pizzas to everybody no. on the row. Yeah, she, she, came didn't, she didn't have like four or five and like hand them out, you know, as she goes along. Like She ran up with we, two We boxes. were almost the furthest vendor from her. Yeah, we were way down the way. Yeah, actually, way out of the way from the because you got to go through a whole nother vendor room mm-hmm. and then down a set of stairs. Yeah, and around a hallway. Yeah. she could have taken that and down four more aisles. There's only one more aisle behind yeah, us, yeah. so yeah, she could have given those pizzas to Robert England. Yeah, she could have given those pizzas to uh, Michael Rooker mm-hmm. or any of the other dozen celebrities that were there or any of the other two hundred vendors she had to walk past in order to get to us. And she came to us and asked us if we wanted her leftover pizza because. Because she's such a big fucking fan. Yeah. And that is, and like I said, there's that stuff happens all the time. And I, to me, I'm not saying that people might take that as I'm the shit. I think I'm awesome. No, I think Strangeville is awesome. And I think the energy of the Strangeville universe and the stories are awesome. Yes, I may, I write it and make it, but it's a, it's, it's to me, the stories of Strangeville are like my children. Yeah. I'm proud that my children make people happy. I'm proud that my children make people so excited to to um, interact with them that they want to come give us free food yeah. at the end of a show. Or Drop everything on probably the one break that she had to come yeah. up and buy stuff from us. Yeah. So it's not about me and it's not about my ego. It's never been about me. The, this whole The whole creation of Strangeville was never about me. It's always been about telling the stories. And like I said, the, the stories to me are my offspring. Oh, yeah. It's what I have to give to the world. And so anytime there's success for Strangeville, I think I always look at it as that success for the stories, not like my personal ego being like, I'm the shit. I'm a genius. Like I said earlier, I I don't think I'm a genius. I think I'm a weirdo. And oftentimes I think I'm a loser because I spend so much time making this (laughs) just obsessing over it. Um, And I don't have a, a really a life outside of that. And again, that's why I bring my friends on the road, uh, with me because that's really the only thing I do. (laughs) <laughs> I don't do anything else. I don't go anywhere else. I don't I don't go out to bars at night and hang out with my friends there. I don't go to sporting events yeah. and hang out with my friends there. I don't do what normal you know, I have I have friends that have like softball leagues and stuff where Monday, Wednesday and Friday they go play softball with each other, like their high school friends and stuff. Like <laughs> I just I'm holed up in the in the house, you know. Um what I did today was I, I um uh stapled and folded about two hundred new um Nixon Hogan hate comics, uh, mini comics, because got to have some more for the next show. Yeah, uh, got to have some for the bathrooms. Yeah, got to have some for the bathrooms at the next show. And uh, and then I did a bunch of work on the um, uh, on the Nixon Hogan hate bathrooms uh, mini comic <laughs> script, and uh, and I did a massive thousand dollar reorder you guys sold so much of our shit i had to do a thousand dollar reorder of all of our merchandise. So wow, we have, so we have more stuff to sell because we like. 
when we did our first show this year, mm. I was really we did a we did a show called Crypticon in uh, Kansas City, and I was so fucking low on DVDs. We only brought about thirty DVDs total, and I didn't realize that the stock was so low until we were until I was like way too late to make an order. Oh. So we sold out of DVDs so fast. I told them like I will do a huge fucking reorder, and we will uh, we will reorder the shit out of um, DVDs, and we'll never run out again. And we ran out of fucking Colonel Kill and, uh, and Cockhammer Cock <laughs> in yeah. this show. So I ordered another fuckload of Cockhammers and Colonel Kills and a bunch more dead shits and a bunch, you know, just made sure we're stocked back up on everything. Because we, we have just as many shows left as we have as had we've already so, done, so yeah. far. So hopefully that reorder will get us through um, the rest of the shows. But if it doesn't, that means we sold the shit out of it. And that yeah. means, you know, that's that many more people that have, I mean, at this point, uh, it's no exaggeration that... They, we have sold um, thousands of pieces of merchandise on this tour. Between the books, the comics, uh, the card games, and the, the DVDs, we have sold thousands of pieces of uh, Strangeville That's so uh, cool. merchandise. And there's thousands more on the way to my house to uh, to, to go out and, and sell again uh, during the rest of this tour. And that's just. And I took five years off the road. And the, the, really, the big thing I'm kicking myself about at this point, is why I took so much time off the road. Because we do not sell stuff on the internet at the same volume that we sell stuff at shows. And, uh, the you know, I just think that, the you know, these fans deserve to have this stuff. Again, I don't have the attitude that I'm, like, going out there and making them buy stuff they don't want. I have the attitude that I'm giving them an opportunity to know that something like this even exists. Yeah, for giving them, them their fix. Yeah, giving them the, the fix they didn't know they needed. So... Yeah, that's that. You did mention stories, and you did drop a name, so I, I kind of want you, before we get into anything else here, can you tell the Michael Rooker story? Which one? The, the one with it where he walked by. Oh, yeah, so um, on Saturday, which was crazy, right before the uh, show closed, and you were actually, you were gone. Yeah, I had taken a bathroom table, break, yeah. And, uh, and I saw Michael Rooker walk by by himself. And he's like number two build. He's billed right behind Robert England as the most, you know, biggest, most famous celebrity at the, um, at sh at the, the show. Weekend, yeah. And Michael Rooker's just upstairs walking through the vendor room looking at all the vendor tables. And I looked at Katie and I was like, that's Michael Rooker. Um, you need to go give him a copy of Cockham. She's like, no, it's not. I was like, trust me when I say that's Michael Rooker. <laughs> He's by himself. He's just hanging out up here. Go give him a copy of Cockhammer. So she grabbed one. She's shameless. She'll do anything. She'll talk to anybody. <laughs> so she snatches a copy of Cockhammer, goes prancing over to him about four tables down from where um, where our table is. And they start talking. I can't hear anything because, again, the cacophony of the, oh, God, the, yeah. the the show, I can't hear what they're saying. But they start talking back and forth. He takes the movie, and then she starts doing a little stupid dance. And then he starts doing a little stupid dance. And they do a little stupid dance together. <laughs> And she's and he, in costume, by yeah, the way. She's yeah, she's in complete costume and, and uh, with devil horns and red eyes and uh, uh, ripped up, stitched up mouth and shit. And uh, he goes prancing off, still doing the dance. She comes still doing the dance back to the table. And she's like, that guy's cool. I was like, yeah, he's he's considered, uh, he's always considered to be one of the most fun uh, celebrities uh, on the con circuit because he's such a goofball and is so uh, high positive energy. And just has so much fun hanging out with people. Because uh, there's some celebrities that will come out on the road and just, it's a job. They're just there to sign. They'll sign your autographs and they'll mm -hmm. be polite, but that there's they're just low energy. Like, there's nothing there's nothing to them. They just, they want to make, uh, sign the, sign the, uh, sign the stuff, get their paycheck and go home. Uh, Michael Rooker is one of the guys that's just enjoying his, enjoys his time at the shows. And it's really shows, it shows how, um, down to earth a guy like that is that he just comes upstairs and hangs out yeah, doesn't even by himself like by you said, himself. Yeah. yeah and he probably signed fucking ten thousand autographs you know people were paying 250 bucks to get a picture with him mm -hmm. and here he comes just hanging out <laughs> looking around yeah joe bob briggs was like that um oh yeah in chicago earlier this year um he had a table and he did a fuck ton of autographs uh and uh pictures and then uh near the end of the show he went and he hit every single vendor table at the show, including ours. And I gave him a copy of Kill Mother, copy of Colonel Kill Motherfuckers. Oh, nice. Because he came he came up to me. I didn't even go up to him because really? I'm, I'm not shameless. Yeah. And I don't go run up to celebrities. It's <laughs> embarrassing to me. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, he came right up to my table, and I was like, this is the most fucked up movie you're going to see. All You know, I gave him the pitch and the spiel. And he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You should submit it to my film festival. And I didn't end up doing that, but it was, uh, you know, it was cool. 
some of them are cool. Some of them aren't. Whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as you saw, I don't give a fuck about anything but the fans at my table and then going back to the hotel room and hanging out. Yep. I don't do after parties. I don't do schmoozing. I don't do uh, anything except work my table and go to my hotel room and try to re re uh, recharge for the uh, for the next day. And uh, it seems like you really, really needed to do that yourself. It that's like that's very days, much in my vein, yeah. Those, day, those days wiped <laughs> you out. Dude, I never slept so soundly in my life. Like, I, I never heard Katie come in. I don't know what time she came in. I don't know if she was loud. I don't know if you guys, were, yeah. if you know that she came in or not. But. Yeah, yeah, we were up while, we were up talking for probably 45 minutes. She came back about 3 a.m. Oh, yeah? On Saturday, and we, uh, we were up talking for um, uh, probably about 45 minutes before... Uh, we cra- we ended up crashing out. Wow! Just talking about what she had been doing yeah. downstairs, who she'd been talking to, and all mm-hmm. that. And uh, then we went yeah, to bed. Yeah, you were out. you were completely out, <laughs> <laughs> completely out. Were you were you just as exhausted Sunday night when you, when we got home from the yeah, trip? Yeah, yeah. I got home. I I barely had time to take my toilet trays out of my bag and like get a shower, and then <laughs> I just crashed. Yeah, yeah. It's tough, man. It's oh, hard. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, hard weekends work. Like I said, it's a uh, it's a an intense experience, and it I really is. It, I it, love to I love to share that with my friends because it takes it out of you. But uh, I, I was glad to give it. Ultimately, looking back on it, for sure. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate all your hard work. You did great. Like I said, me and Katie talked about it, and yeah. you know, we'd love to have you back out as you know as often as you want to come out. You're right. you're welcome. You're part of the team now. Uh, you've always been a part of the team. Yeah. Uh, but now you're part of the convention team, which is a whole another. Uh, you know, level, dimension, yeah. yeah, whole other <laughs> level of uh, of Strangeville, which is to me is the most intense. Well, filmmaking is really intense. Yeah, it is, yeah. The, the filmmaking experience is pretty exhausting and crazy and uh, overwhelming too. But um, con- t- filmmaking and and conventions, you pretty much you pretty much run the gamut of it now. You've seen all there is to see of Strangeville at this point. Yeah. Although you didn't see me, uh, you didn't, you haven't seen me blow up and yell. Yeah, you know, no, on, on the convention scene, you've seen me do it um, several movies, times at the movies. Yeah, <laughs> but um, there are there are times when people are just not taking their job at the table seriously, and they're more interested in um, I'm going to go smoke, I'm going to go smoke, I'm going to go smoke, and just disrespecting my time by not spending any of it at the table doing their job. And I have had to, I've actually had to walk outside. And been like, you motherfuckers get in here and fucking sell shit. I didn't bring you out here to smoke cigarettes in a fucking courtyard. Um, I've had to go out there and blow up on people and do that. You didn't see me. I, I was actually, I think I was uncharacteristically calm this weekend. Yeah. And it might have been because it was your first time. I was like holding myself back so I didn't freak you out because I knew you were freaked out enough. Yeah. Uh, but there, uh, there was no I, point. I could, I could sense you were a little disappointed Friday night, but... Yeah, I mean the sales. To, the sale volume was pretty low on Friday. Well, let me put that in perspective. In years past, a five hundred dollar Friday night, a five hundred dollar weekend, entire weekend, was common. A hundred dollar Friday night would be like, oh well, at least we broke a hundred dollars. <laughs> so having like a five hundred and fifty dollar Friday night yeah. on this tour, that's uh, been a little low, but. And that's why I was a little, it's not that I was disappointed. It was like, because that show is so big, I think we potentially can do $1,000 a day. I think we can potentially do $3,000 at Horror Hound Cincinnati because it's so big. But um, we, those first few hours, I felt like we just couldn't connect. Yeah. It, it took, it took, and it always does, like it always takes a while to sort of plug in. Oops, I hit the uh, microphone. Oh, it takes a while to plug in, but once we get plugged in, it's all. And you know, you you experienced that on Saturday, where it was like once you were in the pocket mm-hmm. and really starting to fucking sell. It's like people coming down the aisle see us selling and signing, and are like, "What did they just buy?" And they come through, and then they they already have that sense of the per- there's value in this because mm-hmm. I just saw somebody else buy it. Yeah, so let me I'm listen more, to it. I'm more, more attentively. Open. Yeah, I'm more open to this pitch because the the um, uh, the, I, I know it is something that has value because the people in front of me handed out money for it. Mm-hmm. So you get in that pocket where it's like, boom, person after person after person. But then it'll dry up. And then when there's not anybody standing there for a while, it's almost like you have to re-lube the, uh, re-lube the thing. And like each person that comes by is skeptical again. It's like, eh, I don't know. And then, and then you'll, uh, do you remember that moment on Saturday where I was out 
away from the booth talking to a guy about comic books and you were selling and Katie, Katie was selling and you guys were passing me shit to sign and I was passing it back through. I didn't know I didn't know who I was signing for. I didn't even know there were sales going on. That guy <laughs> that I had just that I was talking to about comics had just made a big sale himself. He had just bought a bunch of stuff from us himself, so I felt obligated to give him my time and talk Some to personal, him. Personal, yeah. Uh, but also I also feel like there I have to give each person that bought the books time you know what's your name i'm going to personalize this book for you and sign it and then i have to give the people that bought the movies their time and, and sign those and there's at every show there's that there's always that moment and it's usually on saturday where it is there's so much going on at our table at once mm-hmm. it's like it's just person after person after person and i can't even think straight i'm just trying to juggle this and that and did we get the sale did yeah. we need it did, did we you need record to it did yeah you did you record the sale so we know how much we made plus the, does it have to be a, a credit card sale or was it a cash sale do you need change from the cash sale do you need me to run the credit card through my phone yeah. and it's it's very intense very intense and that happened to us there on saturday for a while oh yeah um yeah, that's always cool. I mean, at some point in time, if we do this enough, that's going to be the entire time. From the time we step in, the, that, that'll that be a $3,000 weekend at, at Horror Hound Cincinnati. From yeah. the moment we open the table, it's going to be uh, charge this, give me change for that, sign this, sign that, and it won't slow down or stop the whole night. We'll do $1,000 on Friday. We'll have people specifically looking for us, like yep. Pizza Lady. Yeah. Running, running running, up to us. And being off the road for five years, it takes away a lot of that momentum. But if you come do Horror Hound Cincinnati with us next year, you will see the momentum of the, those. Because a lot of, because there's usually, there's about a five-year cycle where the same fans will go to the same show each year for about five years and then they'll start to drop off and brand new fans will start to replace them and then five years later it'll be a whole new crop of people and five years after that a whole new crop of people so you'll notice if you go to that show with us next year it'll be a lot of the same people and and they will come to us they'll be like oh i've been looking for you guys all day yeah hell yeah i I bought this last time let me get this let me get that Mm. and you'll see that that really i love nixon and hogan what are they doing now i want more adventures yeah Yeah, that that really um get makes it exciting really gets the uh the juices flowing (laughs) and it makes your job easy you know you know when you don't have to pitch it cold that no one's ever heard of it before if you're if you're pitching to somebody that already bought something and already is into it you don't have to do much work you just have to basically make sure we have the stuff there. It's clearly marked. It's ready to sell. We have change. We have pens we can sign with, and that's all. That's, you know, that's our, our duty at that point. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I think that covers everything I had listed for the con. Yep. So if you want to go ahead and we'll spend the last few minutes here. You got a new Indiegogo out there, my friend. Yeah, we're in the middle of uh, just, you know, as if I didn't make my life hard enough as it is running (laughs) back-to-back-to-back shows like I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I decided to launch a Halloween comic book, a Halloween graphic novel called Nixon and Hogan's Horror Weed Halloween, right in the middle of all of it. So uh, right now we're running an Indiegogo campaign for that comic book. It's a 64-page full-color graphic novel set on uh, the wonderful uh, Halloween holiday. And it introduces a brand new Strangeville villain named Deathhead Doug, uh, Dirty Doug for short, and he is a uh, he's a he's a joint uh, made of the uh, made of bones made of the made of crushed up bones that Nixon smokes and unleashes him from the uh, from the Deadlands from the from the Nether Void, the Neither Void, and um, he terrorizes Nixon and Hogan on Halloween night and uh, uh, makes their makes their uh, tries to ruin their uh, their favorite holiday and it's a it's a pretty cool book um deathhead doug ended up being i've had the idea for deathhead doug for a few years oh, really? and i just finally got a chance to to put him into a story he's gonna and quickly become a fan favorite i feel like i hope I, so i loved him by the end of it I've, yeah I, I want more of him already i did too by the by the time i drew his last panel and colored and, and everything his last panel i was actually sad i was like well this is the end of deathhead doug for a while um because uh, I don't know when I'll get a chance to, you know, get back to him. But um, I was actually legitimately sad. I was like, I want to keep going with this guy. This dude's fucking cool. He's a <laughs> lot of fun. And uh, and I think I pushed. I think I pushed my limits on the art. I think the art is the best, the best art I've done yet for a, a comic book, um, for a graphic novel. And, Absolutely. Uh, it's yeah, you sent me a PDF copy to review, so I was able to really zoom in and get in on it and like yeah. yeah. 
some of it just like pops off the page so well. You've you've definitely been growing exponentially in that regard. I hope so because I do a lot of it. That's <laughs> I, I, work, I, I have made it my full time job now doing uh, the uh, comic book art. So yeah. it's every day drawing, 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 trying to get better and better and better and represent the the world of Strangeville the best I can as an artist, as a comic book creator. Yeah. And uh, I've never, this, this comic book is, is also something special because I've never, in, in, all, in all those dozens and dozens of stories in Strangeville, between movies and novels and comics and everything, I've never told a uh, Halloween story. I've never said a, a story on Halloween night. And uh, so um, this, and this is actually coming out during the Halloween season. The Indiegogo yeah. runs from September 1st to October 1st. And uh, it's already fully funded. Um, but we're trying to unlock the stretch goals. The, the very first stretch goal, the $800 stretch goal, is an 11 by 17 poster of the cover, which is like a um, parchment. The inside cover, yeah. It's like a parchment, um, uh, it's like parchment paper with like an inked um, Ouija board on it. In the middle of the Ouija board is Death Head Doug and Nixon and Hogan. And, uh, and, and instead of the spelling out, you know, uh, hello goodbye and all that it spells out nixon and hogan's horror weed halloween and it's a pretty cool ouija board cover uh so that's going to be an 11 by 17 poster uh if we hit the 800 stretch goal which i think at this point we're only about 150 bucks shy of that goal so only okay. a few more backers yeah. it's a 25 dollar um graphic novel only a few more backers and we will uh we'll hit that uh, uh stretch goal and then i'll be able to announce the uh, the second uh, stretch goal the um the thousand dollar stretch goal nice. um, if we hit that so we're on our way we're well on our way to um you know getting this comic done and it's yep and uh, we'll, it's, we'll have links to all that in the uh in the description section so as usual and the people who've listened to me pitch indiegogo on this show before will be familiar with the fact that uh unlike most crowdfunding campaigns i'm not funding an idea i'm funding a completed project so as andrew's been saying he's actually read the pdf and it's the fully finished completed colored yep. uh pdf because the book is done and it's at the printer right now um, i'm just waiting on the print proof to come in the mail it should come in the mail this week and i'll be able to approve that and then they'll mass print it and it'll be to my house before october 1st so before the campaign is even over I'll have the actual print books at my house ready to mail out to everyone who backs the campaign. So what I like yeah. to call it a no risk campaign. There's no, only, only upon my death will this um, campaign not be funded. Um, and even at that point, there's probably people that will make sure that that, that happens, um, that, it, that the books get out to people. I, I, I would hope that people would make that, uh, that there would be people in my life that would make sure that <laughs> everybody gets their stuff. But, um, Anyway, that's, you know, it's a no-risk campaign, fully fully finished uh, and printed 64-page uh, graphic novel set on Halloween night with a brand new villain. And uh, I think it's my it's my favorite Strangeville comic book story. Uh, and that's saying something because Cockhammer Lives was, was oh, yeah. great. <laughs> and uh, Dead Shit, the graphic novel, is also batshit fucking crazy <laughs> and fun. And it's just, I just love doing these comics, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I have so much fun telling these stories and... Uh, um, Nixon and Hogan's Horror Week Halloween is definitely a holiday classic for, for, um, for the Strangeville universe, and I think a lot of people are going to be pulling it out every Halloween and giving it, a, giving it another read during the holiday season because it's a, I think it's a fun ass Halloween story for sure, and it's going to be a, a good easy pitch for for conventions. Too. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I have what's cool is I have two conventions in the month of October that I'll be able to sell it at. So. Um, I'll actually be out there doing that, selling people a Halloween book near Halloween. Um, our Fort Wayne, Indiana show is actually my birthday weekend, and it's two weeks before Halloween. So oh, that's, perfect. Uh, so that's going to be a fun. That's going to be a really fun show. And Eric, the guy that uh, that puts on DeadCon, is a really cool dude. I got to hang out with him last uh, last show in um, East Moline, Illinois, at Midwest Monster Fest, and then this past weekend at Horror Hunt, I got to hang out with Eric um, both both weekends, and he's a for somebody that's putting on a show that's talking about drawing 25,000 people, he's really approachable and he's really fun to talk to. And it was actually Eric who, um, we were up at Midwest Monster Fest in East Moline. He started flyer in the bathroom real heavy with his dead con flyers. And I decided, you know, I went in there to piss and I was like, uh, you know what, Eric, 
I got you. I'll I'll uh, I'll see your flyer and raise you a comic book. So I went and grabbed a huge stack of Nixon and Hogan hates comics, and I put them in the bathroom, and I kept re- re- replenishing the um, comics every time people would take them out of the bathroom stalls, and um, and I wasn't covering up his dead con flyers like being yeah. malicious i was actually putting the comics behind his flyer because he had a short flyer and i had a tall comic so i could put his flyer in front of the comic and so you could see both his flyer and, and my the comic. title yeah um so uh i did that i kept doing that all weekend and me and jeremy got pretty drunk on some um whiskey on saturday and jeremy started making this joke that, that i should make a, uh, a black and whitey called Nixon and Hogan hates bathrooms and put it in the bathrooms at cons and make it about Nixon and Hogan flyering bathrooms at cons. And, um, and so I, I started writing it. That's what I was working on today. And Katie, Katie threw an idea in that's going to be a real twisted idea that, uh, cause I didn't know what it was going to be about. Yeah. And Katie threw some real twisted ideas at me and I incorporated those. So it's actually going to be um, concept by Jeremy Daniels story by, Kevin Strange and Katie Dearest, and then written by Kevin Strange. So it's actually got to have three credits. I have to I have to credit both of them for, oh, and I should probably put inspired by Eric. Uh, I forget what his last name is from yeah. from Deadcon because he inspired the entire thing. But I was talking to him at Horror Hound, and I said, Eric, that doesn't take it doesn't take me very long to turn around these black and whiteies. I said, there's a very good chance that Nixon and Hogan hates bathrooms is going to be flyered all over your bathrooms at Deadcon in mid October and he for the he, debut yeah. he laughed and laughed he thought that was uh, he thought that was great and that will be extremely ironic if oh, uh, if I can get that done I don't know if I can and I'm not going to kill myself to do it yeah. but I'm really going to make an effort to cuz I've got about um, 5 weeks to get that done and the actual print turnaround on the black and whites is only about 5 days so if I can get if I can get the comic book drawn and inked in the next four weeks, I could have that motherfucker printed and actually flyer the bathrooms at Deadcon with Nixon Hogan hates bathrooms. Um, <laughs> that'll be that'll be fun. Um, and then that's a little freebie black and whitey that um, that will be on the table. And then uh, it'll also be. I don't know if it'll be a stretch goal. I definitely can't get it done to be a stretch goal for. Um, Nixon and Hogan's Horror Weed Halloween, but it'll be a for the next campaign. For the next campaign, it'll be it'll be included in your in your goodie bag. So, I mean, I don't know. That's there's so many so many things we talked about. The coloring book, we talked about the black and whitey. We talked about the Indiegogo campaign. Mm-hmm. Lots of con talk. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty much where we're at. We're pretty much caught up with uh, Strangeville at this point. Do you want to do any update on the cards? Yeah, we're, well, that's the next. So after we finish the Indiegogo, okay. campaign, I didn't know how much you wanted to reveal, so I didn't. Yeah, know. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't like to go too ahead. Yeah, um, because we're in the middle of this one right now. But yeah, we are going to have an expansion for the Strangeville Smokeweed the card game. There will be an expansion set for Nixon Hogan's Horror Weed Halloween, and then another bonus expansion for that. So the next Indiegogo is going to be two card expansions and a custom uh, card box that will be able to hold a full deck and all of the um, expansions that have been made thus far. And it'll, and it'll be brand new art on the um, on the, the box. stash box or smoke box or whatever I'm going to call it. Um, and so that, that campaign will probably be early next year, um, I would guess, is when we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be raising funds for that. And it'll yeah. actually be, we'll be raising we'll be raising funds for a, an entire second printing of the card game because we're down to the last two, two. decks yeah. and that'll be sold out. So I'm kind of going to do it the way magic the gathering does it, where it was like um, first edition, second edition, third edition. So the first edition of Strangeville Smokeweed, the card game is will about be a to go collectible. out of print. Nice. And so the next version will have a different bot. will have different box art, slightly different box art. And then it'll say, uh, there'll be a small space on every single card in the collection that will say a uh, second edition on the card so each time we um we run out of a printing that that printing will go out of print and then the next printing will be uh third edition and then fourth edition and then fifth edition so uh every every single time we do a wave of uh of reprinting it'll be a whole new edition so cool a a collector's item in and of itself with a new box yeah nice yeah, people look forward to that. But that's yeah. a whole nother, you know, we'll be doing a whole nother show talking all about that yeah. when that time comes. Sounds good, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking your time. Like you said, you've, you're one of the busiest motherfuckers I know. And 
Uh, I really appreciate you coming back by the A to Z house here and laying down another interview. You're one of the, the people's favorite guests out there. I get a lot of good feedback whenever you have your episodes, and uh, you definitely get some backers out of it. Uh, maybe only one or two, but hey, you know, that's everything whenever it counts. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you uh, giving me the platform to sit here and chit-chat, and I really, really appreciate you coming out and working your ass off uh, at the show. You know, it was uh, very uh, – it was fun to – to, to break your conchary and sort of see you see you go through all the emotions and then uh and you know we hit our complete we, we didn't talk about this we oh, yeah. we hit our complete sales goal at the end of the weekend and you guys did make your cash bonus so you sort of got to experience all the good stuff of a con it, it wasn't a there are cons that we do so bad i'm on the ground kicking and screaming saying like <laughs> i'm done my career is over they hate me gang they hate me why do I do this? Why do I waste my time? You didn't have to do a con like that. You didn't have a con with, with me blowing up and screaming. Yeah. You didn't have me uh, going into an existential crisis. Uh, we hit all our sales goals. You guys got bonused out. We had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was it was a as good of a you know I wish I wish we would have done three thousand dollars. We yeah. didn't do that, but it was as good of a show as we could possibly ask for. And uh, you were um, you know you came you came to bat for me when I needed another person in the in the car and uh, at the table and uh, you were gracious enough to give me your time and I'll, I'll never forget it brother I appreciate that and I'll, I'll always uh, you know I owe you one for doing that for me thanks dude and we got to listen to some kick-ass maiden on the way home oh we didn't even talk about that we didn't talk about the, the ride home where we did a we had a Scott hour yeah and we did uh, we we just I decided to throw on the brand new uh, Iron Maiden record uh, Senjutsu Senjutsu and um we listened to that whole thing and gave it a gave it our critique and uh, had a lot of fun grooving to that. Oh yeah! All the way home, had a whole Scott hour. We were skanking in the car and <laughs> just we were. Uh, enjoying some real big fish and uh, and some other uh, yeah. sublime with Rome. And, and, yeah. yeah, a lot of sublime with Rome this weekend. Um, uh, some uh, we did some uh, Law Band, which is Jacob Noel, which is uh, Bradley Noel's um, son, Bradley Noel from mm-hmm. Sublime. His uh, his son's. Uh, his son's all. I just looked it up today. I was curious. Oh, really? Bradley okay. Bradley died when he was twenty eight, and um, Jacob is twenty six right now. So wow. Jacob is two years younger than his father ever ever was. Um, That's insane. And so we, we, I got. To, I introduced you to that band. I introduced mm-hmm. you to Law. Yep. It's L A W, um, and uh, they're really good. He's a, he's a, he's a cool artist. And when, a lot of Sublime with Rome. Rome is the guy that that replaced Bradley in, in Sublime. Uh, some good tunes i always yeah. that to me that's a big part of our table. prof prof, you, you I prof. prof who's yeah. a great uh modern uh, rapper yeah i was enjoying some bars there oh he's he's a fantastic he's just fun his beats are infectious and, mm-hmm. and groovy and his uh delivery is just so bouncy and fun and uh i always i always i play prof i played prof all weekend at the table you probably just couldn't hear it very well yeah because i always try to, i always try to play music at the table but i don't I'm always conscious that we have neighbors on each side of us, and I'm not trying to blast them off the uh, face of the earth. Yeah. So I try to find a... And we're trying to pitch to people, yeah, too, yeah, so yeah. you don't want to drown that out either. Yeah, so I, I try to, you know, I have music playing at the table, but it's not overwhelming. But I play a lot of prof at the table, because I oh, think okay. prof gives us good energy and good vibes at the table. It's Clearly like, did. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, so... And I'm I'm out there doing it again. I'll be um, at Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, October first to the third, doing um, Fright Night Film Fest. So that's that's the next show. It's about two and a half weeks from now. So, right. yes, sir. Do it till I drop dead. There we go. I'll ride you till you die. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you get going, and uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. So thanks again. Definitely appreciate it, and. Everybody listening, go check out the Indiegogo or go visit us on the con scene. Come out and say hello, you know, rub some elbows, get some autographs, and buy some merch. And that is the A to Z show for this week. See you guys.